0: I can't go on. Hi, folks. I'm Alan Watt, and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on the 29th of September 2011. For newcomers, help yourself to the free audio as you'll find at CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com. And hopefully you'll get the shortcuts to understanding this big system you're born into and that you eventually take for granted simply because everyone around you does too. It exists, therefore it must all be quite real and it must all be very true. And people actually expect the media to do their reasoning for them nowadays. That they really do. That think it's an appendage to their brain. And uh, Brzezinski himself said that would happen. It has happened. And unfortunately, they've got very good techniques now with uh, the graphics on television and computers, etc., to augment it and make it more so. Anyway, I try and give you some reality as to how you've got to this state we're in right now, uh, the transformations we're going through, why we're going through them, and where it's supposed to all go. And uh, I try and tie it together through the big foundations, the think tanks that work with governments and the foundations, and the big... Uh, non-governmental organizations, this army across the world that grab the youth primarily, uh, brainwash them and get them to be the next, uh, the fifth column you might see across the planet to bring in an agenda which they don't truly understand. It's never how they plan it to be, at least for the ones who are involved at the bottom. It's always a different agenda that that transpires. But that's what's always happened down through the ages because we're managed by those in power with money who are always there intergenerationally passing it on to their children and passing on the same system. You never give power away. There's never been a, a system that's ever given power away and says, okay, you're quite right, that's enough, I'm going home. doesn't happen doesn't ever happen. They always plan the future, and you must do so if you want to keep a hold of that power. So the craziness we're going through right now is, is bad enough, but it's only really the beginnings of the old system being brought down. And that's what you do when you build uh, a structure, as the Masons say, and they're always using Masonic terminology, of course. Uh, is that you build, an old, you take down the old structure, the old cathedral, as you're building the new. Uh, and so what you're getting right now is the chaos as the old system falls down, falls apart, and all the same old weird things happen that have happened in past ages. So uh, remember, too, you're the audience that bring me to you. You can buy the discs and books that I've got for sale at cuttings from com. And hopefully I can just uh, hang on here a little, a little bit longer. From the US to Canada, you can always use a personal check or an international postal money order from the post office or send cash. Or you can use PayPal and you'll find out how to do it on the com site across the world, Western Union MoneyGram. And again, PayPal and donations are certainly really, really welcome. And uh, this is not a business. I don't uh, bring on uh, advertisers who and present them as guests to sell you things. Uh, therefore it's up to you to help me just tick over. The ads you hear on this broadcast are paid directly by advertisers that I don't know, right to RBN, Republic Broadcasting Network, for uh, this airtime to broadcast it, to staff and equipment, and to help pay their bills as well. So help me with mine. And hopefully we can just hang on as we go through the big transformations and explain why they're actually happening. We're run by, by deception, you understand. And that's what government's all about, going to the books written by Francis Bacon and others to, for the king. And he, he explains how government should be run, how the public must always be kept in the dark and given false reasons for uh, movements that the government's actually doing or passing laws. We're always given the false reasons so we don't get too upset to make us easier managed. And that's really what life's about and across the whole planet as we go into this global society. It's not a utopia for uh, the masses at all although they've certainly worked on the minds of the masses to try and get them to go along with it they certainly always grab the young as i said before and indoctrinate them that's an old tactic they use it in every generation to get the those with zeal to promote the agenda for them back with more after this break Hi folks, I'm back. This is Cutting Through the Matrix, trying to get to reality, of course, which isn't an easy thing these days as you're bombarded with so much nonsense. And most of what you hear actually is nonsense from the mainstream. It's, it's conditioning. Robin probably conditioned all the time towards a new type of society and a new way of living. And of course, you don't participate in the planning. You just simply become the passive viewer recipient. You're downloaded And eventually you you start hearing it from your friends or you'll prattle about the same terms yourself. You start using the terminology... And you're conditioned without really reasoning anything through. And again, too, why should you reason anything through? That's how you you see it when you've got all these experts and scientists to tell you uh, the gospel, honest truth about everything. That's what their job is, isn't it? But you don't realize that everything is politicized. Everything, all news is politicized. It's there for a purpose, and including all the sciences, too, from the very foundations of the royal society. It was a political, scientific institution with an agenda. And in fact, his first project, apparently was to create a, a glass beehive and study it to, and, and really was to really to give an analogy to how their perfect society, if they controlled it, would be run you know, with experts and uh, running society from cradle to grave like we 're in today and and it 's never changed since now all the grants that are given out, and that 's what scientists live on it happens to be grants go towards these political causes. And if you're getting a grant, you're not going to cut your own throat or sever your income by coming up with a truth that's contrary to the one they want to hear from you. And therefore, they can't. They continue, they get the right guys in who will forever tell you that um, if you go to Australia, you'll fall off the earth because it's less gravity. It's at the bottom. Stuff like that. So You'll find them out there that will explain this all to you in a very coherent manner. However, uh, this is the reality we're going through as they give us more and more and more nonsense. But again, there's big money behind it. Very, very big money. And even more so, it's a political agenda because, you see, the old civilization is to change, and it is changing. We're already changed into an international uh, society, uh, not again by us, not by the politicians that you think you elect, but by the organisations way above them, the true uh, governmental system, the parallel government, the one with the real power that's not voted in, that's not liable to get uh, kicked out of office because we don't vote them in at all. So there's no one to be responsible to except the the guys at the top of the pyramid. And they've decided a long time ago through the Club of Rome and other think tanks to bring the world together with uh, uh, a threat of some kind to unite humanity. And there's so many different people beginning with uh, John Dewey talking about invasions from outer space, something to pull the world together. And it went right through different politicians. Pearson of Canada was another one who said the same thing and Ronald Reagan said it many times, it it's a threat from outer space. Well, the next best thing they could come up with was the idea of climate change, and the Club of Rome was given the job of figuring out a threat for, to unite the whole planet. And when I say unite, it's not really a unification, it's through law unification, but it's mainly um, a substitute for other kinds of wars, because your, your own national government's and those who ruled you and taxed you are its a structure, remember, a superstructure built up uh, under the guise of protecting you against some other country over yonder. And with an international society where everyone's your, your friend now, supposedly, uh, and there are, eventually there will be no nations as such, according to the think tanks that work for the military, who have published them in my archive section at cuttingtremuse.com, you'll find them. Then uh, they have to find an enemy that's for, to, for the whole planet. So they hit on global warming, and the Club of Rome said that. And you, now you'll find. Uh, From their books If you read back into the 70s They were given the job to find something to unify the planet And they said that eventually we hit upon the idea Of global warming uh, Famine uh, Drought and the like That would fit the bill That's the the words they used That would fit the bill And that's that's what we're living through today And the mantra has become a law That you cannot question almost Eventually it'll it'll be heresy And I mean heresy to to be a so-called climate change denier, as they, they like to call you. But um, we're almost there now, in fact. But here's an article... To, and it's to keep power, as I say. It's, it's not because uh, they want to bring in some wonderful utopia. It's for the same people to bring in power. Because it was never intended, never, ever intended, by those who set up the idea for world government from the Royal Institute of International Affairs or their precursors in Milner Group and Rhodes Society. It was never intended uh, that the ordinary people would have what they thought was a democracy. They would use them uh, to fight towards uh, what they thought would be democracy. But they'd never get it. They didn't believe they were fit enough to manage their own lives, never mind help manage the, the countries. So, therefore, the experts of the elite are still in charge, and they are they, determined to stay in charge. Anyway, here's an article here, and it's uh, from What's Up With That. It says, they had to burn the village to save it from global warming. I mentioned about this uh, a, week, a week ago or so, but Africa, and how the UN, with its carbon credits, are dishing out billions uh, to get them all started. And, uh, and of course big corporations are involved in getting lots of profit from these carbon credits. So they're putting people off the land. But this article starts with something that happened in Vietnam. It says, one of the most famous quotes of the Vietnam War was a statement attributed to an unnamed US officer by AP correspondent Peter Arnott, writing about the provincial capital, Ben Thier, on Fe- uh, February the 7th, 1968. Arnett said, it became necessary to destroy the town to save it. A United States major said today he was talking about the decision by Allied commanders to bomb and shell the town, regardless of civilian casualties, to rout the Viet Cong. The quote was distorted in subsequent publications, eventually becoming the more familiar We had to destroy the village in order to save it. In a truly bizarre parallel, the New York Times writes this They said if we hesitated, they would shoot us, said William Bakshisha adding that he hid in his coffee plantation watching his house burn down, smoke and fire. But in this case, the government and the company said the settlers were illegal and evicted for a good cause, which was to protect the environment and help fight global warming. The case twists around an emerging multi-billion dollar market trading carbon credits under the Kyoto Protocol, which contains mechanisms for outsourcing environmental protection to developing nations. The company involved called New Forest Company grows forests in Africa, countries with the purpose of selling credits from the carbon dioxide its trees soak up to polluters abroad. What a crazy nonsense. But it's okay, you know, this is the time of madness. Its investors include the World Bank, oh the wonderful World Bank that runs IMF and all but through its private investment arm and the Hong Kong and Shanghai Banking Corporations, which is the HSBC. In 2005, the Ugandan government granted New Forests a 50-year license to grow pine and eucalyptus forests in three districts, and the companies applied to the United Nations to trade under the mechanism. See, they work way in advance because they're all in on planning the future of the whole planet, you see. The company expects they could earn up to $1.8 million a year. Not bad investment. But there was just one problem. People were living on the land where the company wanted to plant trees, and they'd been there for a while. Uh, another, another part says he was a policeman for King George, Mr. Bakshisha said of his father, who served with British forces during World War Two in Egypt. Doesn't matter, that's not going to help him. All of this for something not worth a nickel in America anymore. Note the flatlined final price of five cents per tonne of CO2. Because the Chicago Carbon Exchange closed as nobody wanted to buy carbon credits that had no tangible value and yet people are being burned out of their homes in Africa to plant trees for carbon credits. It is madness. In the meantime, it appears the existing trees are responding to increased CO2, so planting new stands may not even be needed. And it says forests in many regions are becoming larger carbon sinks thanks to higher density, U.S. and European researchers say in a new report. Actually, another report came out yesterday saying they just found that plants soak up more carbon dioxide, about 25% more than they thought before. It's all nonsense, you understand. They could bring another scientist out tomorrow to work for Al Gore that says they'll need a billion times more plants. I mean, you understand It's nonsense. It's nonsense. But this is a new form of controlling society across the whole world, the environment, you see, the environment and, and uh, the atmosphere. The lords of the world uh, are, are certain to control every darn thing, including if you'll even have a child down the road. See, we're all of value one way or another, including the plants. That's all we are as economic units. And you'll find that more so as time goes on. But that's the craziness of it, they're taking folk off, burning them down to save the planet, burning down whole villages, and the UN is paying uh, and giving uniforms out to the green police so they can go out with these big, big sticks and bash folk over their heads and break their skulls. That's your wonderful United Nations for you. Now, we've all heard about the the underwear bomber that was brought across the, the, the waters, with obviously CIA guys with them the whole time. He even got them on the plane without a passport, all that nonsense to get laws ran through across the whole planet because they all copy each other once it happens in the states. And here's another one here that sounds exactly the same as as, as actually even stupider actually. And they're all sting operations where they set up the the, the big authorities set up um, what appear to be radical people on the internet with big sites, you see and saying all the nasty, nasty things to get someone who's a bit flaky to join them. Then they set them up, they give them explosives, then they go on st- a sting, and, and well, she would have caught another terrorist. Now, this created a potential terrorist. That's the reality. A 26-year-old U.S. citizen has been arrested for allegedly plotting to fly explosive-packed remote control planes into the Pentagon in the U.S. capital in Washington, D.C. What they've got to do is make something happen, so why not just make it happen? Make it happen. Resmond Ferdus was also charged with attempting to supply materials to Al-Qaeda but bet he doesn't even know anybody in Al-Qaeda and aid attacks on US soldiers The Northeastern University physics graduate is accused of planning to commit jihad since early 2010 Mr. Ferdas was arrested in Boston after an undercover investigation by the FBI They led him the whole way Do you remember it was the FBI that did World War, uh, the World Trade Building bombing number one and it came out in court. The FBI gave the guys. They actually recruited the guys for for this, trained them, and gave them real explosives. And luckily, one of the guys taped it all and played it in court. Or he have been a goner too. Here they are again. But wait to hear the rest of this nonsense. Back with more after this break. Simon Alen Wat were cutting through the matrix, talking about how they create sting operations to create what appears to be terrorism in order to keep it in the public awareness and keep it on the news and to try and rationalise and justify all this cash they're spending plus taking everyone's rights away. You see, and on top of the FBI being at it again, it says listening to this now, it says. Um, It says, announcing his arrest, the U.S. Department of Justice described an elaborate operation over a period of months leading up to the arrest of Mr. Ferdus. Now, what was he before this? We don't know. But I guarantee he wasn't doing what they got him to do. Authorities said he designed and supplied undercover operatives with a total of eight mobile phone detonators intended to be used by Al-Qaeda operatives to set off bombs in the Middle East. Well, they don't need them made in America, believe you me. They've got plenty over there. I'm sure they get them from China and elsewhere. But the fact is, what did this guy do before? They won't, they won't tell you. I bet he wasn't involved in anything. Anyway, it says here, during a, a June 2011 meeting, Mr. Ferdis was told uh, that his first phone detonation device had killed three U.S. soldiers and injured four or five others in Iraq. And this is the quote. It sounds like that terrible, fuzzy, film show of Ben Laden, hey? Eh? That was exactly what I wanted, he reportedly told the undercover agents. It's like out of a script. You know? Also during 2011, Mr. Ferdas began speaking to the agents about his desire to organize an attack on the Pentagon. Was it his Was it idea? Was it his idea? Or did they give it to him? Home of the U.S. military, Capitol building in Washington, D.C., seat of the U.S. Congress. He described the Pentagon as the, the, heart, the head and heart of the snake and said he was targeting the enemies of Allah. This is just too scripted said. Mr. Ferdis is said to have told an informant, an informant. He told an informant weren't they all FBI guys? Probably all from the Middle East that they hire, because they hire lots of them to try and create these situations. Allah has given us a privilege; he punishes them by our hand. We are the ones posing as accomplices. The undercover agents then then supplied to him with grenades, six machine guns, and C4 explosives. Now, what, has this guy got any record at all prior to them approaching him on anything? Or any grandiose, delusional ideas? Mr. Ferdus was also supplied with a remote control plane that could be guided by GPS and fly at 100 miles an hour, it says here. Mr. Ferdas is accused of planning to smash the cattle dome to smithereens and follow up with a ground attack of six people, all armed with automatic weapons in two groups. Of course, the six people would be the operatives that were sent in and <laughs> befriended them, right? Yeah. He is said to have travelled to Washington on a surveillance trip in June 2011 as part of his planning. He'd be Shafu driven, probably. Mr. Ferdas allegedly said all unbelievers of Islam were his enemies when he was asked about the possibility of killing women and children. Again, awfully scripted. Soldiers in front of the tents again. It shows you the pictures and whole book. Anyway, he was arrested Wednesday immediately after putting the newly delivered weapons in a storage container. The FBI said that they gave him the key and, and, and showed him where the container was, right? The story space had been hired by Mr. Ferdas to work on the planes, but he told the manager of the space he would be using it for music. The conduct alleges today shows Mr. Ferdas had long planned to commit violence acts against the country, including attacks in Pentagon and our nation's capital, U.S. Attorney Carmen Ortiz said. So, I mean, I keep telling young people especially, uh, don't get sucked in to these websites. Across, you know, it doesn't matter what country you're in. Right after 9-11 happened, even operatives from MI5 in Britain came out and said that, that if they start using um, the Internet to try to suck in people who are a bit unstable to create sting operations, that they'll create an al-Qaeda that wasn't there before. And that's what they've been doing ever since. All the countries are at it they get some young, impressionable fools who, who live in science fiction. They watch nothing but science fiction, uh, and then uh, they start to, to build them up. Oh, you can do this. You could you'd be a hero, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And then they supply them with all the gear, and the sting comes in, and that's their head on the, the chopping block. And it's great for the business of anti-terrorism. Just like science now, with, with global warming, it's great business. You know, it's just growing, but it's a growth industry. Fantastic. Now in Canada, they ran through an omnibus crime bill here, uh, which I don't think they've published all of it yet. But um, uh, it's quite interesting. I'll put up a couple, two or three links tonight. And one is called Trap and Trace Technical Definition, uh, because the Police Chiefs Association, which is an international association of police chiefs, if you think you elect the police chiefs, you will think again they're international under the United Nations. They even have their own TV station for police chiefs for for, for, the, for the world. And they're really just like an NGO. Uh, They have power to promote what they want under the guise of, again, globalism and everything else. And they want total access to all your emails and everything you do on the Internet for everyone to keep you all safe, you understand. So, trap and trace technical definition. Just as with wiretaps, a trap and trace device records telephone numbers of inbound callers to a suspected criminal's telephone. Now, they've already said that everyone's a suspected criminal, uh, or a potential criminal. The U.S. Patriot Act of 2001 made some major changes regarding the legalities surrounding trap and trace, as is apparent in the long title of Act A, Uniting and Strengthening America by Providing Appropriate Tools Required to Intercept and Obstruct Terrorism. Anyway, Law enforcement entities in countries besides the United States have been pushing their governments to do more regarding information, interception, in the fight against terrorism and cyber-terrorism. And that gives you examples. August 2004, police chiefs in Canada arranged for a conference to lobby the federal government. Your public servant should not be lobbying the government because your public servant should be asking the people on whatever they, they, they want, asking the people and asking the people what they think. Otherwise, you're an attorney of totalitarian, authoritarianism. you understand? This has all happened before, in other ways, down through the ages. So anyway, they want to get into everything you're doing, all your emails, everything. Back with more after this break. Listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network because you can handle the truth. Hi, folks. We're back, cutting through the matrix, reading this this uh, article here from Canada as the Police Chiefs Association. Or association of Police Chiefs, I guess they like they call themselves, uh, are pushing to get uh, the lobbying government to get more power. So it's every little police station will have its an- another department. I understand all governmental departments who live on the taxpayer, and that's what they all do. Love expansion. It makes them feel uh, that they can't be simply uh, done away with. That they're just too important. The bigger they get, the more important they feel. And it gives a lot of upward mobility, too, for promotions, uh, etc. Plus, you can get a lot of relatives into it, too. That's what government also does as well. However, uh, this article here is about this, this lawful access ID they want to get. other words, pass a law to, to give them the right to access all Internet traffic. And it's all of your privacy gone altogether. Anyway... It says... Uh, it says they can monitor, want to monitor residents' email, instant text messaging, mobile telephone conversations, telephone services, using internet connections, it says, and web surfing as well. The Canadian federal government seems ready to act on those concerns, but privacy advocates say, uh, that extending wiretap laws into cyberspace will give police too much power and invade residents' personal privacy. Well, of course, it will, you don't need advocates to tell you that. Bill C74, the Modernization of Investigative Techniques Act, was introduced in the Canadian Parliament shortly before the 2006 election call. It was then supported by Liberals. It would have forced communication providers to build surveillance backdoors into the hardware that routes the internet traffic. Moreover, it would have reduced existing legal safeguards by allowing law enforcement agencies to obtain some identifying information about internet and telephone customers uh, from communications providers without a warrant. The civil liberties groups expressed grave concerns about this proposed legislation and its impact on individual privacy and fundamental pre- uh, freedoms. Given that there was a change of government post-election, this bill has not been passed, but they're pushing for it right now to get added to this omnibus uh, crime bill that they just ran through. Uh, so there's, there's three links on so that. other one is... Um, uh, and a, a, conference, uh, the Canadian Association of Chiefs of Police annual conference in Windsor, Ontario. And again, pushing for lawful access, lawful access. Make it a law and give them access. That's, it sounds wonderful, lawful access. Sounds like it's up and up. But it's really, they say, I'll fight fraud, organised crime, gangs and people who exploit children. They haven't got the paedophiles in there this time. They usually use paedophilia. But I guess because they're trying to legalize pedophilia, they have to turn to fraud, organized crimes, gangs, and people who exploit children. So, one way or another, every country has to be on board with the exact same agenda because we're international, you see, and we all share all the data. They all share all the data with their counterparts in the States and elsewhere, by the way. It's been going on for years, in case you didn't know. So there's three links to that. I'll put up at com at the end of this broadcast. And another article, too, is that climate change will cost Canada billions, as a report that came out. Uh, they're starting off $5 billion a year by 2020. Now, they'll probably put that by a hundredfold at least. Uh, this is them starting to give you an idea so that you don't fall into shock, uh, because this is, this is a trial balloon it's amazing, when, they, when they're talking about carbon and this invisible gas, it's not a tiny percentage of the, of the greenhouse gases which are necessary for us all to survive on the planet. Uh, without it, there's, there's no life at all with, if there's no greenhouse gases. But the fact is, this is a new control mechanism, as I say. It's also a new economy, and it's a control mechanism to keep us all in place to make sure that we serve the world state under the guise of greening. Remember what Gorbachev said, he says, we are in the process of creating a new world religion. This is after he said in the same book that he was an atheist, but he says we are in the process of creating a new world religion which will be based on a form of earth worship. In other words, you'll still have a government who are the high priests and experts, the high priests, who will will run you uh, under sustainability, et cetera, and the greening of the planet. This is what it's all about. And uh, as I say, we're going we're racing into it now. And it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter how many sane people out there can prove, that uh, it's all nonsense. It's a mandate. That yes, we've got to understand it's a mandate. They've set, they've put all their, they've pinned all their agenda on this and they're not going to back off. It's not meant to be logical. You see, it's not meant to be logical. It's a form of religion for a purpose and all religions have been used in the past for control regardless of how they started off. They're always used for controlling the, pop, the populace on behalf of government and for those who don't believe in the religion at all. They make everyone else believe in. And another article, too, is uh, to show you how crazy it is, uh, the police respond to The Onion, The Onion, which is really The Onion is a spoof magazine, you know, the capital hostage spoof and I can understand the youngsters now. They've watched so much anti-terrorism movies and sci-fis that that's, they don't mind crossing the line between good taste, bad taste, or in between. But it's still a spoof. And anyway, it says here that um, U.S. Capitol building, that the Onion's fake story follows a standoff in Congress over a spending bill to avert government shutdown. Remember that? They would say, oh, if we don't get money, the whole country is going to shut down. The U.S. Police have said they're investigating tweets by a satirical news website about a security alert at Washington, D.C.'s Capitol building. The Onion said on its Twitter account that screams and gunfire had been heard inside the Capitol and later said school children had been taken hostage. Assistant Capitol Police said there was no credibility to these stories and that security situation was normal. The Onion told the BBC that its Twitter account had not been hacked. The website posted a tweet on Thursday morning which said, Breaking news. Witnesses report screams and gunfire heard inside Capitol building. And it says um, in one of the tweets that followed, it said Congress was demanding $12 trillion ransom or all the kids die. <laughs> so, because that's what they're watching on all the sci-fis and anti-terrorism movies. This is the kind of spoof I put out these days. And it says the article apparently poking fun at recent congressional budget showdowns featured a mocked-up photo of Republican House Speaker John Boner holding a gun to a girl's head. The U.S. Capitol Police spokeswoman, Sergeant Kimberly Schneider, told the BBC there would be a, a full law enforcement investigation into the matter. So that's the kind of stuff you've got to be careful now about poking fun. See, they see that as fun because look at, look at the entertainment they've had their whole lives. It's just incredible. So they, they, they spoof it. They spoof it and think there's nothing wrong with it. They're giving a diet off this daily on on, on, on all the, the terror movies are out there, anti-terrorism movies are out there one after another, even paid for by the Pentagon. So it's natural they think in these terms even for their jokes. Yeah. Now Microsoft, the Red Cross, and the UN was sucked into a global news fixing route. We've heard quite a bit recently Uh, but they've always been fixing the news but, but the fact is once in a while it leaks out they've really fixed it it says an uh, investigation by the Independent reveals a conflict of interest over coverage promised by a media firm to the software giant. So they're all getting paid, basically, all these companies, Microsoft, etc. And Red Cross.ing Microsoft has been sucked into a row surrounding out a Lon- London-based media company currently under investigation by broadcasters for making editorial programmes without declaring it had a commercial relationship with some of those it featured, or was paid by the some, some commercial company. Both the BBC and the US-owned broadcaster CNBC are investigating FBC Media following an investigation by The Independent which showed it had made numerous factual programs about Malaysia after being allocated millions of pounds by the country's government to promote it newspaper has evidence that Microsoft was guaranteed coverage on a flagship program which FBC was commissioned to make for the CNBC, which is screened in Britain for a major launch that the global technology company was planning in Europe. CNBC recently suspended the show, World Business, pending the outcome of its investigation. This is a document referred to world business under the heading FBC guaranteed distribution placement. It told Microsoft our flagship program world business is a weekly half our business news magazine which covers the trends shaping, business, particularly from a European perspective. So the trends were being paid for, you see. You can foresee placing coverage of the Aachen opening with a program this, uh, the, the weekend of May 1 and 2, which means guaranteed placement on CNBC Europe. Anyway, it's a whole bunch of them involved, including the United Nations, uh, all getting paid for, for uh, to do this stuff. It's just FBC, which ran a hybrid business, um, combining public relations work with factual programs. You see how we, they, they mix PR, which is marketing and advertising, with factual programming, presented to the Joe public, who hasn't a clue, He's been brainwashed, uh, you know. It says it featured the Microsoft founder, Bill Gates, in its publicity material. Alongside his picture, FPC said clients include heads of state, governments and ministries, special economic zones and property projects, companies and international organizations. There's nothing you can see on television, including your major news, that isn't. It's not, put to, it's not slapped together by some novice. Professionals work out every second of the stuff you're going to see and hear. For psychic psychological purposes. That's why they're paid such big bucks. Now the US is also, uh, I guess a make work project, is mulling a selective fencing along the Canada US border. This is US border agencies considering fencing some parts of the Canadian US border along with deploying more remote sensors and upgrading checkpoints. U.S. Customs and Border Protection Agency cautions, however, that the proposed selective fencing would not be as extensive as hundreds of kilometres of fences along the border with Mexico. While fencing has played a prominent role in CBP's enforcement strategy on the southern border to deter illegal border crossings, it says um, it's unlikely that fencing will play as prominent a role in the northern border given the length of the border and the variability of the terrain, the document says. So they want to put up fencing and other barriers. I wonder if it's going to put landmines or something to manage movement. Uh, they say trenching across roads and trouble spots where passage of cross-border violators is difficult to control. The resulting delay for cross-border violators will increase the rate of interdiction. An accompanying table shows there would be about five major projects, either upgrading access roads or building fences of more than 400 metres in length. I wonder how they put up these big towers too, machine guns and stuff, just like the movies again. It's amazing. See, Hollywood's done it all for them. Again, via all their money from the Pentagon. So we're all conditioned to expect this stuff down the road, aren't we? This is quite something. Anyway, that's really what's happening there. It's a make-work project as well. Now... An article from Forbes magazine is interesting because really people are are so conditioned now they think nothing of it, especially the young generation, because they're born into a world where no one says, "Peter, watch what you're doing on Facebook," because your whole history is going to be there, and uh, things that might embarrass you down the road are going to come out to the world. They don't think about it at all, actually, not at all. They really don't. And um, uh, this article says Facebook keeps a history of everyone who has ever poked you. I guess it's a poker player. I guess I have no idea. Along with a lot of other data, it says I'm a privacy pragmatist writing about the intersection of law, technology, and social media and our personal information. If you have, and he goes on to tell you why he's doing this, he says. But he, he says uh, across the pond, European law grants citizens a right to access, meaning that companies have to provide a person with all of the personal data they have on them if they request it. An Austrian-based group called Europe v Facebook has posted a couple of reports compiled by the social networking giant everyone loves and loves to hate. It says, most of you probably know that Facebook knows a lot about you, but did you know that if you were to print it out, it it would take up to about 880 pages? It says I went through one of the lengthy dossiers from Europe v Facebook and here are the juicy bits for a female Facebook user with initials LB who has been a member of the site since 2007. It says, this actually says Facebook keeps track of every person who has ever, you know, had liaisons with you in that kind of manner and so on. So it says Facebook user has been these actually use poke tickets, that's that poker game again, I didn't know it was so was int- so prevalent on the internet, over 50 times from 2008 through 2011, and it even mentions initials of, which have got the names of course, uh, of the pe- the persons with the favourites. Anyway, the report includes a list of all the, all the, the machines used Facebook from, how she has signed in from the machine, as well as a list of all the other Facebook users who've logged in on that machine. As pointed out recently by blogger Nick uh, kruber uh, Facebook leads cookies on computers that have the ability to track users even when they're logged out of Facebook. Facebook now plans to scale back that cookie use, so well, I don't believe that. But it still will want to information about who is signing in, on which machines to thwart hackers, block spammers, and know which computers are in Internet cafes, for example. It's all part of the security system, the world system, for those who don't quite get it. Given the hundreds of millions of users the company has, Facebook is pretty much indexing all computers worldwide, says Max Schrems of Europe versus Facebook. And it keeps track of everything you've been invited to, how you responded, did you go, all of that stuff. Uh, And your whole life's on it, basically. And that was the intention of it in the first place. That's why they're all part of the worldwide uh, intelligence services. And... I've talked about Australia quite a bit, too, because it's such a flagship, but there's so many Australians now. I'll put a link up to show how they're losing their homes by the droves and how they can't even afford their, their repayments and so on. Uh, the mortgages are falling and plummeting, especially in Queensland, West Australia. And, uh, well, it's just going down the tubes. Now they've got all these carbon taxes and things to pay, which hasn't really hit most of them yet, definitely on a personal level but that's still to come. So someone's determined to wreck what was Australia so as it will merge on its knees with the whole Pacific Rim group, which is the intention, of course. Now, Japan is scared of telling the truth to the Fukushima evacuees. Interesting article. It says a former advisor to the Japanese cabinet has revealed the government has known for months that thousands of evacuees from around the Fukushima nuclear plant will not be able to return to their homes. Nearly seven months after the meltdown of Fukushima, about 80,000 people are still living in shelters or temporary housing. It's amazing how you can get it all over the news and suddenly it's gone and they're still living in shelters and stuff. Eh? Anything can happen across the world and they can take your attention off it instantly. Former advisor, uh, Special Advisors to Japan's Prime Minister and Cabinet, Kenichi Matsumoto, has told ABC that the government has known for months that many who live close to the Fukushima plant will not be able to return to their homes for 10 to 20 years because of contamination. It's going to be a lot longer than that, if they're even alive by then. This to professor and author has given the ABC and Insiders account of what happened in the hours and days after March 11th. As three of the reactors bubbled towards meltdown after the tsunami knocked out the backup power to the plant, Matsumoto witnessed both the government's and the plant operator's responses to the worst nuclear accident in a quarter of a century. So the government is simply too scared to tell the Fukushima residents that they cannot return. The Prime Minister can actually said that the eastern eastern Japan might not be able to keep functioning, that it might collapse. The cabinet knew right after the disaster that some people would not be able to live in their communities for 10 to 20 years, especially those close to the plant. government should have conveyed the truth to the evacue- evacuees, but it felt scared. It feared telling the truth to the people. You understand, that's how all governments would react. That's what this is, we to contain it, we to contain panic, and uh, they'll tell you nothing but lies. And tell you, it's okay, everything's fine, everything's fine, I expect they're managing it. As his professor Matsumoto also confirms the Prime Minister at the time, NATO can also contemplate evacuating tens of millions of people from in and around Tokyo. It's true that the Prime Minister said we might have to evacuate people from Tokyo. There was no clue about the amount of radiation coming from the plant or if it was spreading over 100 or 200 kilometres. If that was the case, Tokyo would be in danger, and Prime Minister Ken actually said that eastern Japan might not be able to keep functioning. It might actually collapse. So that's what we would get to, as I say, if things happened. It's kind of like the, the meltdowns I've had in the States. That's why you don't buy certain chocolate bars, because that's where the cattle <laughs> chew the grass now, where they've grassed over <laughs> all the nuclear stuff that's still there. Back with more after this break. Hi, folks. I'm back cutting through the matrix. Now, I talked before about... The madness which uh, ensues, uh, and it's all through it permeates through all of society as people are funded actually to promote certain causes to make it all the more confusing and crazy, because this is what happens as they bring down old civilizations, and the same things always happen over and over. Only we have science now to help along, and uh, and part of it is too is to do away with all of your personal reasoning of what is and where it's obvious, and, then, and to me, you believe in, in things which are not so obvious uh, until people want to be something else other than they are. Anyway, here's an article here. It says, I'm a girl, the plight of Tammy, the adopted son of two lesbians, who started a sex change age eight because he's always maintained he's a girl. Now, he's brought up with two lesbians. Uh, you know, what do you expect? He's heard all the conversations. He's grown up with them. And so a boy started the process of changing sex at the age of eight. I guess he's, he's, he's you know, where's the laws and all of this? There are special laws for special people nowadays, though, isn't there? So anyway, it says, he's now told he always knew, he's he's told, he's, he's told everyone he always knew he was meant to be a girl. So Thomas Lobel, who now calls himself Tammy, is undergoing controversial hormone blocking treatment in Berkeley, California to stop him going through puberty as a boy. There's two lesbian mothers who adopted him age two say that they've been criticized by friends and family. This is like a repeat of so many other stories I've read recently as they put this stuff out to make sure we all get the message that they can make you into anything they want you to be, I suppose. But I insist says they have not forced their son to become a girl. He's been brought up with two lesbians. He had all the conversations that things are not always as they seem and why shouldn't you become whatever you want to be, etc. You understand if you've got a child, adopted a child at the age of two, Uh, And you, you and your partner dress up as kangaroos. That child would eventually want a pouch and a tail like you. I'm not kidding you. That's a fact. Especially if you make them all, uh, you know, when you you dress them up in his own little outfit with a tail and a pouch, uh, and and you say, "Oh, that's wonderful." He wants to please you. He's a people pleaser. That's what children do. You understand? Anyway, they say that one of the first things he told them when he learned sign language at age three because of a speech impediment was, I'm a girl. I guess he got an accolade for that. Tammy now wears dresses and effectively lives as a girl. So, this is, this is his stuff. They were married in 1990 to two, to two adults by a rabbi, according to Pauline's Facebook page, and have two older sons and grandchildren. So, there you go. I mean, uh, this is the kind of stuff that they put out. But this is meant to, to warp people's minds and to... Debates and have them arguing. Well, why not, etc. Back and forth. We always get two sides presented to us to pick one or the other. And you don't—you miss the, the, the whole point of the whole thing is. And who started all of this off? Who mandated it? It's just like the people actually mandated the nonsense about global warming, climate changes is, is better because it could go out freezing or hot. I mean, like climate always changes. So it's all to confuse and disrupt everything that was to bring in all that will be new where government will create whatever they want down the road with science. Science is supposed to be the new priesthood. Experts, the world of experts, as they destroy all the old system, where you decide what you want to be. And parents used to have children the old-fashioned way. Uh, was when you had parents. Before that, all that was destroyed too. And now, they, literally, the, the field is open for the, for the people at the top who's, who are managing all of this to bring in all of the new, all of the new. Just like Brave New Worlds. Have a look at Brave New World. Look at the movies I put up in the archive section. They're still there. And, um, and you'll see how it really is. You think that was written in the 1930s. You think that just came out of the guy's head. A guy who belonged to a very famous family related to the Darwins and, and the Huxley's were in world meetings. Rolling Street of International Affairs, a whole bit. No, they knew the future because they planned the future. From Hamish and myself from Ontario, Canada. And remember, donate and buy the books, keep me going. It's good night to me, your God or your gods. Go with you.